So I'm joined now by Randy Picker, who is a professor at the University of Chicago Law School, who specializes in antitrust, among many other things. How's it going, Randy? Uh, actually, very nicely. Yeah, I mean, this has got to be exciting for you. There's some action in the world. Yeah, well, there's always action, but yes. So I, I woke up this morning and turned on Twitter and saw that while I was asleep, the European Union had gone off and done what people said they were going to do. Uh, and what that was, was, as you may recall, uh, roughly a year ago, after a very extended investigation into Google, um, the EU announced what they call their statement of objections, which is basically, we're gonna, we've got a case we think against you. And they brought that case against Google relating to Google Shopping. Mm -hmm. That case is still going on. Uh, there's actually been almost nothing public about that. At the same time, uh, when they brought that case, they also said, oh, by the way, Google, we're gonna launch an investigation into Google Android. And that was all basically uh, in April, mid-April of last year. And today, they said, we've investigated, and now we think we've got a case against you relating to Android. And that case is basically, it's it's about two different things. It's about Google search being preloaded on the, the phones. Yes. And then it, 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 Verge readers will probably know this, but I'll explain a little bit. There's an anti-fragmentation clause that says, if you're going to use Google services on an Android phone, you can't then ship another phone that forks Android in some other weird yeah, way. Yeah, you've got great users if they understood that. So, oh, we've, so we've covered the hell out of this, that's, actually. That's that, that, wonderful. That, so I, I'm desperate to hear what you think is going to happen here. But my take on it is that the EU actually fundamentally misunderstands how important that anti-fragmentation clause is. But I want to hear from you first. So tell me how you think this is going to play out. So Android, as you know, and Google published something on this on their public policy, European public policy blog this morning. They say, look, it's open source. What's the deal? How are we getting in trouble here? The reality is, is I think when you look at the Android uh, system, as it were, I, I sort of think of it like um, almost the alphabet, not Google alphabet, but the alphabet, uh, where let's say 21 letters, we'll call them the consonants or open source, and everyone's got a proprietary vowel set. And, and what happens here is, is, is there's a lot of underlying code in Android, which is open source, but key pieces of the system that you need to run a serious Android phone are proprietary. That's what Google Play is. And so the EU's contention is, is that while anyone can use, as it were, the consonants here, uh, Google's got its own special set of vowels, and it's using those vowels to force you to take other Google products, including Google Search. Right. We call that tying in the antitrust world. So if, you're, if, you're, if your listeners know forking, they should know tying. <laughs> um, and tying is the idea that I am distorting competition in the second space based upon my control of a key adjacent space. Uh, so here, the allegation is that based upon Google's control uh, over Google Play, uh, they're able to effectively force search to continue with the wrinkle here uh, that, that the EU sees Google is trying to extend its monopoly on the desktop in search, which they assume to exist, into the mobile space. Right. But so my argument and my question is, didn't we have a vibrant mobile market of something like six platforms vying for control and dominance. Didn't Google just win outright? Yeah, so so I don't know who wins. I, I, as I count them, we have two, two winners here. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. And it's completely fair to say um, that the, the transformation in the mobile OS space, so if I say Symbian, to a normal person, you have no clue what I'm talking about. 
And you say, oh, yeah, Nokia used to be this and this and this, and look what happened. So it's completely fair to say that we had this moment of competition and that Google, in some sense, was one of the winners. That's clearly right. The EU doesn't dispute that. The EU says it's fine to have winners. It's once you've won, what are you allowed to do? That's the antitrust issue. And isn't the isn't it also true that it's Google's operating system and it's open source? So, so certain pieces of it are. Cer- certain pieces are. So a company like Samsung could really turn their back on Google, fork Android, and walk away, but then they wouldn't get access to Google services. Yes. So the Google Play Store and all of that. So all of these things out there that are proprietary, right? In my in my analogy, the vowels, right? Yeah. That you need to run your alphabet. All of that's owned by Google. Absolutely. Now, but it, you don't. But it, you don't need it. I, that I think that's what I, what I'm kind of not understanding. It's it's almost like the argument is is inverted. How do you think that's working for Amazon? Do you think that's working there? So Amazon's effectively played that strategy, right? So they mm-hmm. built their own Android version and Fire and all that. They built their Amazon smartphone. That was a huge bust. Right. You absolutely can do that. The question is, is then we start to use a bunch of economic buzzwords like network effects and the like, <laughs> right? We sort of wave yeah. our hands. You actually have to wave your hands when you say those words. Um, and, and yeah, Samsung absolutely could do that. The question is, how many of these ecosystems can we sustain at one time? I think the answer to that tends to be a small number. So is this all focused on search? Because it seems like if you want to if you want to take advantage of the large ecosystem of Android apps in the Play Store, yeah, that's the thing that's going to help you sell your phone. Right? Yeah, and, Go- and Google's sa- saying, well, you can have that, but it comes with these conditions. Chief among them, Google Search has to be the default search engine. Yeah. So the EU just gave us a little window into what they're thinking is. So there's a there was a speech. Uh, by Commissioner Vestager this morning. There's the press release, there's the fact sheet. I would say what they're saying is a couple things, certainly about search, uh, but they're also concerned, and maybe this will go to the fragmentation clause you wanted to talk about, about the extent of uh, competition in the Android space itself, let's say the Android OS space or the Android store space. I think the EU thinks they'd like to see more competition there and that the anti-fragmentation clause is working against that. Sure, let's get into that. It feels like magical thinking to me, because if you undo this anti-fragmentation clause, one, app developers are going to have to start supporting multiple variants of Android, which is very difficult to do. And in fact, the reason that Amazon's phone failed is because they could not get app developers to support their crazy ideas about what a phone should be. Um, and on top of it, and this one, it's like, you know, you've got to sort of take it on faith that Google is actually a better actor for the consumer than any phone carrier or OEM. And I say it's on faith, but I think the, the Verge audience listening to this in particular will happily tell you that they would rather have a Google phone than whatever garbage Samsung will do or whatever garbage Verizon or Telefonica or whatever else, whatever carrier nonsense would get loaded onto some custom variant of Android that's actually regressive in many ways. And Google's power over the ecosystem is the thing that makes Android successful. Yeah, so you said a couple of really interesting things there. So let's take those in pieces. So one idea here is, is the I think it's fair to say, and we saw this in the EU's Microsoft Windows Media Player case, they believe in fragmentation. So that, <laughs> the, that case, if you'll recall, they were very concerned that Microsoft was effectively going to take over the media world by, by embedding media player in Windows. 
they were crystal clear that they understood that in fragmenting that market, they were going to push up costs, that music manufacturers and producers were going to have to support multiple formats, and that would all be more expensive. They didn't care. And they implemented a remedy that didn't didn't work at all. Um, but I think they're, you know, they're very much uh, from a, either a, a mindset standpoint or just uh, naturally believe in, 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 in the benefits of competition, even at greater costs. And the costs you identified are, are crystal clear. The second point you made is the one that uh, they, obviously, they don't talk about in any way, shape or form. And that's sort of Google is counterweight. In, in a world that you've got these very large, as it were, you know, mobile players. Um, that's interesting. I'm, I, I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I can't say that's wrong. I don't think that's figuring in their analysis at all. It's just funny because the, the obvious comparison is Apple, yes, which controls the iPhone top to, bottom, top to bottom and legendarily has, you know, the best user experience and says, this is our, this is why we make the best product. Like we're totally vertically integrated. We make... We make the smallest chip in the phone. We make the software. We don't let carriers touch it. We control every piece of this experience. We approve all the app, you know, like literally every piece of it. But that moment when Apple stood up to the U.S. carriers and said, we are going to control the phone, right. is the moment that the phone market actually exploded. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. And now it just seems like the EU is saying to Google, who is perhaps problematically the only other large player in the space, yes. we want you to cede your control to these players that historically were not able to create the kind of market that we have now. There's such a fundamental disconnect in my mind there. But look at, but there's so many, uh, your word, disconnects, right? So when Steve Jobs comes in with the phone system and says we're going to go completely vertically integrated, a completely closed model, part of you wanted to say, didn't it? Steve, you've been down this road before. It was called the Macintosh and you lost. Right. Right. So, so this point, I don't, I don't think I have a good understanding of this, this point at which we say, no, no, we would have said, oh, open beats closed, right? See, see, see the Windows versus Mac wars. And now we do this on the phone side. And, and the success of Apple is remarkable. Um, and so why we think closed works there when it failed in some sense on the Mac, I don't, I don't think I understand that. I would argue that the Windows model actually cratered itself because of mobile, right? It was, it was so open that Microsoft couldn't get control over its entire ecosystem, had to result to the drastic remedy of buying Nokia was too late. I mean, it won in PCs. And I think the, the paradigm has obviously shifted so thoroughly in mobile to these tightly integrated tiny computers that have you know, limited battery life, poor right. network access. There are, there are many reasons why the control is important there. But what I don't understand is this seems like a very carrier-favorable ruling or a carrier-favorable allegation, right? That Google's illegally tying search, they're using this anti-fragmentation clause to reduce competition, but the only people, the only actors that will help are telecom carriers who have historically been the most anti-consumer. And I just don't see that sense of history kind of pervading this thinking. Well, so I think it's completely fair to say that it's very much a hope and a prayer to think that when they, if this anti-fragmentation clause magically went away tomorrow, how much entry do we think we would see in the Android forking market? Maybe some. Uh, my guess is not a lot. Um, so so that doesn't seem like we're going to buy much there. And, and the counterweight point against the carriers um, I, I, I absolutely see what you're saying there. Well, I mean, 
so Samsung right now, and I'll just pick on Samsung as but one example because they are the most powerful actor in the in the Android ecosystem. Samsung makes obviously the most popular Android phones. They also make phones that run their own operating system, Tizen. They did for a brief minute make Microsoft based phones. Right. I mean, Samsung will do anything, right? It, it's it's and it's not a, a far stretch to say um, they would make some forked variant of Android, thus threatening the ecosystem. But what is actually more true and I think much more likely is that some European carrier would go out and commission a phone that runs its own app store, its own services, and say to the public, this phone is much cheaper than the other phones because it uses our services. And that that begins to do something that is very old and very familiar, which is start to lock down the consumer to a particular carrier, which is the reason that none of these ecosystems really developed in the past. Yeah, though, though if I'm the EU, I say, oh, that's a different flavor of competition. Let's play that out. So, Interesting. So, so, so it's, it's almost a, a, a retrograde move that way. Right. So what, do you, what, what happens next here? Well, I mean, so, so, I mean, mechanically, Google gets 12 weeks to respond and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, I think the real question is, and part of what we can't see is, I mean, Google, if I'm Google, I, I'd like to be done with it. <laughs> uh, between between the antitrust fronts and between the, the right to be forgotten fronts, and uh, I, I assume most of the Google people will be vacationing in the United States this year. You know, can I can I get a global antitrust settlement in the EU? Would be the question I would ask. Right? Can I wrap up the Google Shopping case, which I see is quite different than this case, um, and really almost a sideshow compared to this case. This case strikes me as so much more important. Google Shopping product, yes. which has never struck me as very important. You know, now we've got our hands on the, uh, at least a version of the future of mobile, so so hugely more important. Um, the other piece of this is, and you never can tell until you've gone inside. If Google gave up each of these contractual conditions tomorrow, what would it cost them? Uh, the market's so much in their favor at this point that I would think it wouldn't cost them very much. So, you know, handing money to lawyers for a company like Google is cheap to do. They can do that. They can fight in the system for a while. They could just settle and be done with it and maybe move forward. But that's, I I certainly don't have any powerful insight into what Google wants to do. And, and, And think of the week they've had, right? As you know, the Supreme Court denied cert, uh, didn't take the case in the Google book search case. So earlier this week, the legal system has rewarded this visionary legal strategy that they applied um, in copying 10 million books and seeing what would happen. Uh, And now the the legal system is struck back. Doesn't it always? Uh, Yeah. Just real quick, how does this compare to what happened with Microsoft with the browser ballot and Windows Media Player. Are they are they of a piece or is this something else? Well, so if man, I hope the EU's learning something. So so the EU had two important cases uh, against Microsoft, I'll say. So one was the Windows Media Player case that I mentioned earlier. The remedy they required there was to require Microsoft to have a version of what Windows with the media player, one without, same price could be charged, and the marketplace rejected that they sold under 2,000 copies of the version without them. <laughs> I understand why that remedy might have been sensible on paper. Indeed, I wrote a paper before they did that remedy as to why it might be sensible. It went nowhere. Then, as you just mentioned, when they got to the uh, EU uh, Internet Explorer case, Microsoft's getting ready to roll out Windows 7. They don't want to have a big fight with them. 
so they settle. And what they settle on is the browser ballot. And that means every time you turned on a new uh, Windows machine in Europe, you were presented with 14 different browser choices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the irony of that, because the original US case was litigated on the premise of two choices, uh, but 14 there. Uh, and that remedy seems to have accomplished nothing. Uh, that remedy got broken when they released Service Pack 1, and no one noticed for 17 months. So the point of all that, that was, was two completely failed remedies, I think it's fair to say, in the Microsoft case. So that should tell them here that maybe they should, if they can cut this deal where they turn off these contractual provisions and say, Google, stop telling people they can't do this, settle for that, don't do anything more dramatic, and let's see what will happen. My guess is nothing will happen. Yeah, and all of the rumors point to Google wanting to actually just make its own phone and go head-to-head with the iPhone. Uh, and you could really see how they'd be like, all right, here, do whatever you want, guys. And then they could make their own high-end, high-volume Google phone and take take back the market that they want without any of this nonsense around. It's it's almost like trying to be open is too much more hassle than it's worth. Well, so, so I did look at Twitter a little bit since I tweeted this morning, and, and you are seeing some people saying, uh, what do we make of the fact that, that iOS and the Apple system seems to be insulated from antitrust review? Uh, and if your point, if Google went down that path, would they get the same level of deference? The only wrinkle there is, is how it ties back to, to desktop search, maybe. So mm-hmm. Google would want to be careful about that in this new high-end phone. But if they got that right, um, then, then yeah, why not, why not replay Apple? Yeah. Well, it's it's certainly. What do you think the timeline here is? Oh, I, you, I, you, forever. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean. Look, we nothing. The shopping case has been running a year, and, and maybe maybe deep in, in the you know basements in, in Brussels, they're all running around doing things. But to the rest of us, we don't have a clue. Got it. Well, we'll certainly check back in with you if anything else happens. That would be great. Thank you for coming on the show. Randall Picker from the University of Chicago. Thanks, man. Thank you.